It's January 1st, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 139. I am Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Oh, Happy New Year, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Happy New Year to you. Thanks, Chris. It's 2014 now. It's weird. Yeah. We're so deep into the 2000s that there are... But it was we're really far into it. It didn't. It felt like this was a new millennium for a while there, but now we're so far into it. It's just yeah. the, it's just what it year just, it is. It just is. Although we still haven't reached the point where we have good decade names yet. We we're in the the, the teens. The, yeah, that's, that's the stupid. Though. Tottering teens is that what they call them? It's dumb. That's not a thing that you say. Next year though is flying cars and like a Max Hedron Ronald Reagan serving you Pepsi. So that's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. If we survive the Sochi Olympics, which will be. World changing. Well, yeah, it's also uh, 3D printed robots that are capable of 3D printing. Oh, is as, it? Any, as a reader wrote in uh, for Robot News. What? Yeah. Is this first robot? Oh, also, it's worth pointing out that this being the New Year's episode is going to just be a, a blast. We're still on a little bit of a break. Also, we're recording it in 2013, so it's a blast from the past. I couldn't not say it after I thought it. But I would. St- I would have wanted nothing else. But we're starting our New Year with Robot News. Well, no, I I mean, I just, you, you were, people were talking about the future and it seemed like. <laughs> what do you mean you people? Uh, it's the present, Chris. We're in 2014 now. Yeah. Well, someone, one of you two guys said next year all this crazy. The titanium mandible of a big dog scrapes at the door. Yeah. Chris looks on his iPhone and finds robot news. <laughs> Go. <laughs> it's just a news article. They have mandibles I mean, now. It's, yeah. It's, Dude, 2014, man. <laughs> it's just a link. It's just a link to a news article. But it, it is a 3D printed robot that can 3D print objects. So, I mean. Oh, but can it 3D print itself? Well, uh, can uh, it 3D uh, print love? Supposedly. I mean, pr- you could sure, assume that it could get there, right? I guess they just need the other robot that can assemble the 3D printed, ro- 3D by, printed robot parts. By attaching parts. an extru- extruder to a robot, 3D printers could be capable of creating larger, more complex objects. Not only will 3D printers be able to build up, they would be able to build out as well. Of course, such a dream is still a ways off when you consider the a resources dream? necessary to build. Such a nightmare is still a ways <laughs> off when you consider the resources necessary to build an autonomous 3D printer that it can accommodate, accommodate large objects like mansions. Like mansions? Like, not, so they're talking about What just, about fucking killer robots? That's a lot the, sooner, right? The, I like well, this mansion for the robot. first thing it would build is a mansion. <laughs> I, I would be well, happy with a robot building me a woodshed. I have a better idea. <laughs> the first thing it builds is a mansion. The second thing that it does is live in the mansion. Right. The second thing it does is populate the mansion. Yeah, exactly. When like the family anyway, of five, built, the family of five shows up and it's like, "Honey, I love it. It's perfect." And he's walking out like just covered. You in will kind notice of, the mansion has no windows. Kind of covered <laughs> in paint a little bit. Right. <laughs> what was the first sentence of that? It was slowly goes back in. It was like by affixing a nozzle by to a robot, by attaching an extruder to a robot, three printers could one day be capable of creating larger, more complex objects. Yeah. By attaching an extruder to a robot. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> oh, this is happening in San Francisco. It's called. A of course, ge- it is. It's called a geo weaver. <laughs> Oh, that doesn't sound terrifying. And totally, a, it, it is, doesn't it, sound completely like it is like a, a hexapod a, robot that rolls around on wheels and is equipped with an extruder. Ah, uh, the old Geo Weaver hexapod robot with its extruder. Yeah, it can roll around of murder on a in six directions and print structures that would not be possible in a regular three D printer, like skeletons, dead bodies. You <laughs> <laughs> can Skeleton. print those out of the raw materials of the humans it destroys. Right. Yes. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. It just consumes the organic mass of humans and builds better humans, a.k.a. robots. <laughs> if robots it's, got to the point where they didn't use the word robot, they just called them better humans. <laughs> 
The GeoWeaver is a solid concept that can only improve as more work is done on it. In fact, the team is already envisioning a larger GeoWeaver that can take information from GPS satellites to pinpoint print locations across large landscapes on the ground. Mm. I would like the name of the author, please. <laughs> Because you got to lock that motherfucker up. <laughs> if this all looks good to you, you can build your very own GeoWeaver today. The Instructables page will tell you everything you need to know about building your own 3D printing robot. Too late, guys. Fucking toothpaste yeah. is out of the tube. Oh, my God. I'm excited. By Sam Stevenson. Exactly. PR for, like, Technologies Tomorrow <laughs> Limited or whatever the <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it's a bunch of students apparently making this. It always is. Can't trust them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, that didn't wasn't intended to read that there, but the future came up, so that's fine. This is a blast. Like... There are no rules. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Ba da ba. Should I talk about Zelda? Yeah, why the not? Video game. Mm-hmm. I don't. Have... Did you? Are you playing Zelda? I am. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm playing. Wait, uh, were you not playing it last week? Was I not? Did I talk about it last week? No. I thought I had it, but I hadn't been playing it. Yet. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, the only Zelda I've <clears throat> had a conversation about. Was briefly watching Ollie play it. Oh yeah, no, I saw him fold himself up to go on a corner. And I'm only, uh, okay. I'm oh right, Ollie talked about it a bit. I remember. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, I'm yeah. only a few hours in. It's good. You like it? I do. Despite its aesthetic mishmash. I will say what everyone says, which is that it feels less bad when you're playing it on the system, but it still doesn't look great. But the things that it does that are different than a, than the top-down Zelda games that I've played, including uh, Phantom Hourglass and the other DS ones, the sort of like previous generation of 2d zelda reborn that they that they mm-hmm. did a few years ago are are nice like it's interesting to me because it feels like nintendo games have been on a bit of a trajectory of just like look if the if the visual cohesion of this thing suffers because it plays well then fuck it yeah and now they're just fully there but it, it apparently doesn't matter it sucks it matters to jake rock it sucks because it doesn't look as nice as it could like yeah. link to the past still looks better than it but, but maybe it doesn't uh, matter um but it's really nice to be playing a top-down zelda game with an analog stick like that was the first thing that i actually mm. noticed because oh, yeah. even on, on the ds you were playing it with a stylus which you're dragging weird around, yeah. Yeah. and before that, that top-down zelda games have really most like primarily been played with a d-pad so mm-hmm. being able to have link just sort of like swing around the way that he does in the 3d games and have the movement work like that it's yeah. cool it's also fucking weird to be th- shooting arrows at like a 32 degree angle or whatever just because yeah, yeah. Sort of like, yeah, yeah. you can do that in like Bastion which is cool yeah but like, you, that's, that's, I'm not used to it in Zelda yeah, I'm used yeah, to being yeah. able to like right. have Zelda is generally points. very like lock and key even in that combat design you know <laughs> yeah. like everything is like if you attack from exactly this angle this is what will happen and in play the smoothness of being able to jump on and off of a wall actually is so quick that you don't think about it which I was I was really concerned I mean you can right. tell like you were saying I think Chris there are places where there is just a fucking slat in the wall, and you're like, okay, this is the place where I need to mm-hmm. go into the wall. But more often than not, it works more closely to, like, now I can go in water. Now I can cross this one type of material. Now I can pick these things up. Now I can go to, onto a wall. Like, any wall in the game, you can walk up to it and just hit the A button, and it just pops you onto the wall, and you can walk around and then pop back off. And you can use it to sort of ferret out weird places in the overworld that you didn't find before. It Like, mm-hmm. it, it feels... Way more ingrained in the Zelda experience than I thought that it would, except that it looks hideous. Sure. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Like, we've had three people talk about it, including me, because I think um, when, was it Patrick Klepek who was on? He was talking oh, about right. the item shop stuff, which yeah, is the other right, big right, thing right, that right. is different in this game, which yeah, is... Yeah, you get all that stuff early. Yeah. Once you get a little ways into the sort of, like, you have to play like 40 minutes in, which still is a fucking long time to have to play in before the game unlocks itself. 
a little man who you said could sleep on your couch basically just says, you don't ever use your house. Uh, I'm just going to turn it into a store. And then he just pushes all your stuff against the walls and has every single item that is available in a Zelda game there. And you can just rent them for 50 rupees. So you can just stack up everything. And then when you die, he takes them all back. Got it. Um, That's cool. It's interesting. Um, what is the... So I've heard a lot of people mention this and it sounds kind of interesting, but I'm not really sure I understand what it means. Like what is the... What is the point of that? Um, it's kind of hard to say exactly. Like it's it's. I don't actually think it changes the play experience or like the progression of the game very much. That's and, what I was wondering. And it right? doesn't. It, it's not for me at least because like okay, you still obviously need the boomerang to solve this one dungeon that has right. boomerang specific right. puzzles. Like right, that right. is still the case. But it it reveals, I guess, that the feeling of exploration of a Zelda game and the sort of unlocking stuff isn't as directly chained to getting those items as you would think. Like, I I don't know how to... I don't know Does how it, to explain it exactly. But it's got to be a pain in the ass to die, right? Um, If you have to go rebuy or re-rent all the items for him? Yeah, but you don't need everything. I mean, at a certain right. point, you're sort of like, okay, I'm trying to just do this one dungeon, and I know that for that, the loadout that I need is the but hammer like, and the hookshot. So but that, that, that but I think is kind of cool. But at that point, what's why even have the rent? Why not just let you just equip whatever... I guess I just mean why did they choose – can you tell why they chose to – if they if the thing they were trying to solve was like let the player choose his loadout, then why even bother having the renting thing? Why the not just say you it, can do it the, arbitrarily? Um, because you – at least what I did is when I discovered that I could rent things, the first thing that I did was basically drive myself broke renting every single item. And then I was like, cool, I can use the hookshot over here in this place that I thought that I could. Oh, but I don't have – some right. other stuff that the guy doesn't sell that I probably need, or like I'm way too underpowered for this area, or like oh I found some secrets that I didn't find before. I was able to like get some heart containers earlier, but then I stopped doing that because it was financially right. But that's not, still just an sense. artificial. Like that's still just you see what I'm saying. Like they could have just designed around that, right? So I'm just wondering why they didn't. I don't like know. why did they? Uh, and I guess obviously I you wouldn't. None of us would know like. What was in there? Maybe brain. I haven't played. I'm just wondering if it's know. evident in the design, like right. I think if I think it might just be a feel thing because I think the notion, like just if you were playing a Zelda game where they literally just gave you every single item and you could have them all the time and there was no cost to it, I don't know if it would actually mechanically change the feel of this game. But I think just sort of the emotional feeling of seeing your inventory down at the bottom and being like, "Hey, I only have these two things." Sure, that totally might be the only reason they did it. Like it has. Yeah, the, it, it's interesting to see them changing all. The I could stuff. I could imagine that happening without the financial component to, by just only letting you check out how much. Can, I don't know. I, I this is total like I don't even. I think the I don't know why you get. I guess the only reason I'm so curious about it is because the Zelda series has operated in such a specific way for so long, and every time anyone brings this up, they mention that, but I've never heard anyone speculate about why. So I guess that's the only. You know what though? It feels. I'm like... not criticizing the decision. I'm just curious to like. It just it seems so intentional right. because it again they've gone so like decades. It feels without, like they might right? also be splitting yeah, the difference would, on Metroid and Zelda too because like it feels like a lot. Well, go ahead. I was going to say the only the only way to get rupees in Zelda is to go out into the overworld and mm -hmm. like yeah, explore yeah. and farm for Great them. So it sort of like has and does maybe they were just in pursuit of a loop of players going out into the overworld finding a key coming back and getting the key for the lock, getting up other things cause they can afford to going out and exploring and sort of, sort of having that loop back sure. towards a central hub that you wouldn't get if they just gave you everything. Yeah, It does. Mean, it does mean that you can't be fully equipped all the time. If you just grind the crit path dungeon, you actually right. have to go out in the world yeah, and yeah, do yeah. stuff. Uh -huh. uh, and I think the other thing that they are trying to do 
is let you do the thing that I just did because I think Nintendo, like every other person in the world, is convinced that no one has played a video game except for the one they're playing right now. <laughs> right? So yeah, I think yeah. letting you as the player get through the sort of crit path part and then say, okay, now look at this. Here's every single thing you could ever have. Right. Try them on for size. You know, I think I, I think some of them you eventually get real versions of them mm. that you find over the course of the game that aren't ones that you have to rent. But like, it did. Just that aspect of it alone was kind of refreshing in the way that Metroid games most often are at this point, I guess, where you just start the game with just a link that has every possible item in the game. But yeah. I have no idea. Also, I mean, there are things that aren't there, like the the boots that let you run fast are a thing you mm-hmm. can't rent. Um, so I, sure, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't entirely yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah, I was more asking out of idle curiosity, um, I suppose, rather than because I necessarily have an opinion about I it. think it's it's mostly just nice because it changes your expectation of what the flow is for how you progress mm-hmm. and unlock mm-hmm. things and it lets you explore things that you didn't think you'd be getting to un- to unlock yet especially as someone sure. who already played Link to the Past You're like okay I can't even go in here yeah for hours and hours and hours and hours then some guys just like oh here have this glove that lets you lift rocks like, oh <laughs> okay yeah cool now you know and it it just changes the way that you engage in the world slightly yeah, differently. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know why there's an economic factor to yeah, it other yeah. than what Sean said, which makes sure. sense. Sure. Yeah, no, no. It, it does make sense. But, um, yeah, I wish the art was better because the sort of fluidity of movement and how you attack, it's different than other Zelda games because of the – I think mostly because of the analog stick and because everyone's kind of like, you know, they're 3D and have a little bit more sort of wobbling around to them. But mm-hmm. if it looked as good as the nicest looking games of that style look – like if it looked like Bastion, it would be ridiculous. But instead, it kind of looks like a generation old. Mm-hmm. That's in some in summary uh, a sound that is not a fart. <laughs> I've really been enjoying it. But cool, uh, yeah. I played all the way through the room two, which also has really good flow. Actually, <clears throat> that's sort of the match. Like that's you defeated that, it. Is that the? Is that? It's by it's Fireproof like Games. It's an I yeah the puzzle box it's thing. An yeah. iOS I played game. the first one until I got stuck, and then I just never loaded it up again. Oh, yeah. I really like getting stuck in this game. Amelia and I had a long conversation about the fact that getting stuck in this game is really good because getting unstuck from this game doesn't just mean you move one step forward. It usually means you move four or five steps forward. Right, totally, definitely, definitely. Which yeah. is the sort of yeah. the why these games, I think, are good. I yeah. think there's a, uh, there, to be, there's to a be clear, quick, I didn't but, mean yeah. to, I didn't mean like the first time I got stuck, then I shut it down. I meant I went through that loop a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Then I got so like extraordinarily stuck. And, mm-hmm. I, and I just, I turned it off, and then I just never opened it up again. Yeah, the second one is better. It's a better game. Like mm. it's just, there's a lot more subtle design choices where they like sort of passively turn off a thing, or just you can't zoom in on this one section of a puzzle that you've solved. So you're not sitting there in front of a solved puzzle, not knowing that it's solved. Sure. Because of the way that these game, like, so the room one, um, is basically a lovecraftian puzzle game where you're in front of a giant like incredibly detailed and very complex puzzle box that sort of continues to unfold itself and you're the story is you're sort of following in the footsteps of another like occult archaeologist who has done this before and discovers this like no matter whatever it's fucking that shit which i don't mind um i think it, it has really nice mood and tone and AV. Mm-hmm. And the first one is all the, like only about the puzzles. And then the, the mood and tone sort of seem like layered on. 
Whereas in the second game, it feels like it's 80, 90%, 95% about the puzzles, but 5% is like really trying to advance you through this world and the story. And it's a little bit more about the world. You move from room to room, sort of like metaphysically mm. across an astral yeah. plane. You're in, a, like, Sweet. you're in like a ship. You're in like the hull of a ship and you're um, in a tower at one point and you're in uh, like an Egyptian tomb. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And uh, it just is there's a lot of fit and finish things that are great about the game from how nice it feels to like turn a dial and open a box and like flip That's a switch. Cool, yeah. But the game's flow is really, really, really great. I think I really wish I had played them while I was developing more puzzle based adventure mm. games because there's a really nice, I don't even mean to use the word formula, but a pattern of assess a situation do some superficial things that give you more information like about the space. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, turn this yeah, switch yeah, yeah. and this uh-huh. thing opens. Totally. And then I'm going to turn this switch and that thing opens and I'm going to yeah. rotate this and there's a thing behind that. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, behind that thing, though, if I use my lens, is actually a puzzle that I can solve. Right, right, and like, right, right. That's There's like really, a pattern to decide. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's open, it's done. Yeah. And then, okay, now what do I do? I have this thing. And then you sort of, you're just sort of like po- poking and prodding at the room and you're in the first person and you sort of like zoom in and zoom out in a like um, node to node based situation. Mostly not all node to node. There's like full 360 and then you mm-hmm. kind of zoom in node to node. And then you're sort of stuck for like two or three minutes, maybe longer. Yeah. And you sort of need to like get another set of eyes or like put it away for a second. And then when you do get unstuck, it's never just I opened one thing and I got stuck instantly again. It's like I opened one thing, which would like, like you make the connection to something else. Yeah, yeah, like one, two, three, four, five, and then like you're stuck again. It has this really like nice like cascading progression where solving one thing means you get to like have this really like pleasurable feedback loop. It's kind of the like the Da Vinci code of puzzle games and that you feel smart playing it, but you're not smart. It's not making you smart. You know what I mean? Like, I like that. Yeah. There's something really like, like if you know that it's fine, you're like, Oh, I solved it. I'm so smart. It's like, no, you okay. at right. pattern recognition yeah, and you yeah, poked yeah, at sure. it long enough. Yeah, Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But I still like it a lot. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. They did a really nice thing where they update. If you have the room one and you finished it and you haven't bought the room two, uh, the, they updated the room one. Um, so if you're on iOS 7, it's just updated on your device already. And uh, it has a really nice epilogue, which gets into some of, like, the just better designed, like, that's really... Wait, it's actually a gameplay mm-hmm. segment? Oh, that's yeah, cool. the epilogue's, like, a whole puzzle that sort of has nice. elements so of... The second order? Yeah, and sort of shows you some of the elements. Beat that game, finally. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, I really enjoyed it. Amelia's in fucking full the room, like... Nice. Like, uh, what's withdrawal? withdrawals. Yeah. She just like, well, when's the next one coming out? Like, they take a while, <laughs> it's like years, yeah. like a year. That's it's when the room year, one came room a year, came out a year ago. Yeah, a year. Yeah, can they just fucking just reuse all the shit and just make another one? Just make it. <laughs> like, yeah, they can. Like, it's like she, she's like the person who beats, who's like who, you know, there's like if you like Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, there's always like one is it kicks off the franchise. Two is actually usually pretty good. And then it's that one sells really well. So then three through seven are right. just <laughs> fucking Play Doh yeah, factory, yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh-huh. just coming out. Yep, yep. She wants that. She wants yeah. she wants Bobby Kotick to buy for this, Activision this, the Room franchise and right. just yep. monthly, just uh-huh. every yeah. week Fridays. <laughs> Give me those rooms. Yeah, just have the quality just tank. Yeah. 
so hopefully that happens. <laughs> uh, it would make Amelia happy. God, you don't hear anything about Bobby Kotick anymore. That's what's scary, right? Because yeah. he didn't fucking go anywhere. anywhere. He didn't fucking yeah, move. He's still in his fucking jet, his yeah. armored car, or in his crazy bulletproof glass <laughs> office in Santa Monica or Activision. Mobile. Or guesting yeah. in Moneyball. Or get yeah, yeah that's or on a fucking two hundred foot catamaran, right? Yeah, Kodak like he he got higher and higher profile, and then he had that one like profile piece where he's like, I'm actually a really sensitive guy, and then I he was gone. Games. And then I know, it's yeah, out. because he knew what was image, up. I know, because I'm he sure was like, there was some image consultant like, look, this the is last what we word do. we got to get the last word into print, and then that is it. And then you need to like shut that disappear. shut that door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. stopping. He, I, Look what happened to John Riccitello. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, it's really on smart. His ass. It's like the I, I should not compare him to like tyrannical world leaders. Yeah, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> that would be bad. But those are always the fucking scary ones. The ones you're like, who's this fucking guy? And then like Wikipedia. Well, now, Whoa, you know. <laughs> he has basically he's, put himself in the position of like pre-recent Koch brothers or like... Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, you, or you just hear about these just like pan-continental megacorporations that are just like, I take the flour that another megacorporation makes and I process it into these 5,000 staple goods and also I make washing machines. You don't know who I am? Good. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but suffice yeah. to say I'm worth more than the state in which you live. Yeah. yeah. What's well, like the fuck... Sorry, not to get like... I don't know. Anytime that chicken is flying under the radar, like the LIBOR scandal shit, it's just sort of oh, yeah. really good for billionaires. I know. That was amazing how much of a dent that didn't make. It's insane. Like Matt Taibbi, who writes for the Rolling Stone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. that dude must just be on the verge of doing something <laughs> crazy. Like that dude yeah. is going to be in a bell tower because he writes these incredibly well-researched, very, very like plain-spoken <clears throat> This is horrible and going to ruin the world, and I'm going to spend three thousand words telling you exactly why, and it's not irrefutable at the end of it. And people just go like, "Oh, so that's the one with Anchorman two on the cover, right? That Rolling Stone <laughs> issue. That was a really good interview with Steve Carell." <laughs> You're just like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> so Bobby Kotick is kind of like the LIBOR scandal, basically. He's and basically that, like the LIBOR he's, scandal. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Hmm. We don't know. He doesn't exist anymore, really. Who? That guy probably Coach, fucking yeah. sets the goddamn LIBOR. <laughs> He's one of the 18. Yeah, probably. Like, yeah, guys. He fucking shows up in Moneyball? What? Like, I don't know. That guy's got tendrils everywhere. Oh. I was looking at a photo of Bobby Kotick on my computer. Was it zoomed in really tight? It was one of those Gamma Sutra <laughs> yeah, magazines. In. The, the Kotick <laughs> yeah. tight well, crop? That's, that's the house style now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Set by Lord Remo. Uh, yeah. And... uh so you were I'd browsing, my, you were browsing uh, your Kodak collection. Yeah, I'd seen my – This also feels like this happened to somebody else here. This feels like a, a side story of somebody being like, hey, that guy from Moneyball. <laughs> but I swear that was Amelia being – because we had seen Moneyball. Oh, really? Saw, I thought yeah, that was you like, like on a like, plane or something. Well, that was a separate – Oh, that was on the plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But Amelia also got that guy confused. I think that's that guy's the fucking, manager that's of so, the A's. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Does that guy manage the A's? <laughs> Wait, no, that was Bobby Kotick in the movie. Is that Bobby Kotick in Coach? No. Okay, anyway. No. God, the triple, like, fake out. Yeah. We've never a... really given... And then I looked out on the wing of my aircraft, and I saw Bobby Kotick sitting on the wing, tearing and wires then... out of the engine. Yeah, and then he just rolled off the back and popped his parachute. As you look around, did anyone... Just... The parachute had the Fireproof Games logo on it as he just descended. <laughs> 
God. And on the top of it, it says, by uh, the room four. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just wrapping the wing in a fucking God, in a tie the, back one of those the yeah. the, static cling the room yeah, pad. <laughs> it's like, plane just took off before we were able to. What contractually allowed? Cut to long shot of the plane and it's dragging like a huge banner behind it on the on the tail. It says Pod Ghost. <laughs> uh, so that yeah yeah. That's a weird thing. That's crazy. It was a that. quadruple fake out. I've yeah. actually yeah. this this conversation has made me realize the thing that we actually need. Like, okay, we've we've never really given Idle Thumbs as an entity a gift. Like, we've gotten ourselves things that we need to do the podcast. No, but the readers have given us. They have, gifts. which is fantastic. But I the thing the thing that would actually be amazing would be you know how in the panic office they have that oil painting of Cable and Steve in the secret room. Say no more. <laughs> I feel like Jay Allard and Kotick, and Kotick, yeah. and Kotick uh, oil paintings commissioned from oh that, like, the God. thing that where Chinese you send it to China yeah, and they'll yeah, send you yeah, oil yeah, paintings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't know who those guys are. They would just uh, yeah, they give just, it they just think they were our cool uncles. my uncle and grandfather. I don't know. Right. Bobby Kotick's not that old. Which one's the grandfather? Which one's the uncle? Well, I mean. Well, I was thinking Kotick was the grandfather, but I guess they're both probably yeah, uncles. Yeah. He could be like your uncle. Your, your cool uncle and your your rich uncle. <laughs> <laughs> but think about that in just like some fat frames. Yeah, all right. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I think that's needs to happen, maybe. You I mean think... they'd be together, right? Yeah. No, two separate ones. Oh. I mean, like, gallery of presidents. I thought well, I thought. Oh, them, like... so you mean, like, Allard with, like, Kodak behind him with yeah. his hand on his shoulder? Right, right. Oh, we'd have to Allard, Photoshop like... that first. No, you won't. No, 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 no. You don't have to do that. You have a photo of the two of them together? No, no, no. You just have to send them a bunch of reference photos, and then they'll just put it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking, because so when Cable posted that thing about him and Steve doing that, I went to the website and got and like I was like yeah, looking at the really. price points. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. there's fine, high quality, and very high quality. I was thinking Those about three. just like presidential portraits, not like no, I can think. I was like imagining like in a room of finery or something. I don't know. what No, I, I actually like the presidential portraits idea. Okay, fair enough. That's nice. Because then yeah, you can just get the two like. Because then if we ever wanted to, if we ever wanted to add to it, it would be right. Then at no some problem. point, when another sure. hilarious yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, executive yeah, rises to power, we can commission their portrait. Yeah, that's a good point. When? <laughs> I think that we could probably find somebody, right? Yeah. We're probably overlooking somebody that we haven't we've spoken They're about. They're the most hilarious ones, though. Yeah. The last one would be Jake. After he, <laughs> after Campus Santa becomes a multinational corporation. <laughs> just, no, we just, those two guys then have Steve Gaynor as the next, as just. <laughs> God, if you sent them pictures of, of, uh, of Kodak, Allard, and Jake. You just not like, know which need, one yeah, is right, Allard. We need, photo, we need paintings. <laughs> like, sorry, who's three the people. third subject? Uh, yeah, you didn't send the third person's <laughs> photographs. I don't understand. <laughs> so we have Jay Allard, Bobby Kodak, and this guy who kind of looks like a morph, but like still bald. If you know. <laughs> a morph? One of the two of them? Yeah. No, and they have less shaven Jay Allard shows up, which would be you. Yeah. God, I, mean, I was really hoping you would bick your entire situation for the Christmas party, but maybe no. next year. Anyway, do we want to talk about more video games, or is that the end you of the had a, You had a crazy uh, DayZ experience. I did, with Evan. Yeah. Yeah. It was you actually... Were, tra- it was actually kind of bummed, right? You had some, like... I don't know. You were... Uh, like, before you started playing with Evan, right? You seemed like you weren't... No. I mean, I just hadn't... It hadn't taken yet. Yeah. I played with Ollie, and mm-hmm. I think I just got sick and died, maybe. Yeah. No, no, that was with Ollie. It was Ollie, Evan, and I. It was the crazy story. Sorry. But, I mean, I started playing it, and I really, I took to it again the same way I took to Daisy the first time, and I liked that the, it, it's still weird. 
there's still like weird use shit. It's all the same shit from Arma. Sure. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Use, you have to scroll with your yeah. middle mouse wheel and you get stuck yeah. a lot. And there's like guys are climbing ladders and look like they're like doing the polka. You said someone like, was kidnapping you to, to take put you in a helicopter blood farm. What was that no? That about? can happen though. Okay, that can. Wait, what can happen? That happened. Evan was telling me a story. So we were just. I was trying to get to Evan, and Ollie was trying to get to me. Um, and then, oh no, I must have died because then it was just Evan and I. I can't, yeah, so Evan and I were playing, and I was trying to get to Evan, and that always takes a while, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. So you're on there, you're on Skype, and you're traversing, you know, eight kilometers in digital space, and it takes a while, forty-five minutes, maybe, maybe an hour. And so we're just talking about stuff, and we're just talking about the game. He's like, "Oh yeah, you know, you have your own blood type. So if we need to do a blood transfusion because you like bleed out, <laughs> right. like we can only do that if we have the equipment and we're the same blood and we're compatible blood types and yada yada yada." Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Yeah, this is." He either said this has happened, or the systems are such that people can just start kidnapping people and bringing their characters to like a blood farm where they just bleed them out. <laughs> And is, then is, just, that an, is that an actual thing? Or the is that systems exist do, that could right. allow that can to you happen. Do yeah. bags? Jesus. Can you put like? Yeah, you, yeah. You can, you can have, have a blood a, bag. You can have a blood bag with you. Yeah. Can you refrigerate it. Like, does it go bad right. after? I a while think it does or? over time. It, it cool. It has a. I don't necessarily. So you can know, start yeah. actually doing the thing in uh, the road. Where oh, for sure. You lift up the lid in the floor, and there's just and there's just people there, but they're all strapped to IVs basically, or they're strapped to. They would eventually try to get out, but they would just get they would be murdered instantly. Gross. Jesus. It's fucking crazy. Because it happened... That didn't happen to me, but I got... Um, I got... Uh, I got kidnapped while I was on Skype with Evan and uh, and Ollie, actually. Because I was trying to get to them. That's right. I was trying to get to Evan and Ollie, and then later I played with Evan and we had a really nice time. Mm-hmm. You found uh, a bicycle and stuff again? No, but it was like that. It was really fucking fun, yeah. man. I found a cool clown mask that I was wearing. It made me look really scary. <laughs> Evan's got it on his Twitter. He's like, I took some snaps of you from the from the game. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it's really scary. Uh, but I was playing with Evan and Ollie, trying to get to them, and I was running near this town called Belota, and I was nighttime, and I didn't have any weapons. I had uh, nothing, nothing. I had my flashlight, which is what you start with, uh, and I had some food. And I had just gotten really hungry. My character was dying, and I found some rotten fruit, like two apples and a banana. So I ate the banana, and it was just sort of like, I feel nauseous. I can't get this taste out of my mouth. You have this nice bottom little left tooltip that's just sort of telling you what your character's thoughts are, which is really well done. And it's just, I need to drink. I want to drink. Like, those are very different, and, like, I, ex- I am extremely hungry. Because <laughs> right. like, you can die of hunger and thirst, mm-hmm. and that's how it communicates that to you. There's no meter. Right. I love that there's that's no good. meter. That's good. It's so good yeah. there's not, yeah. Uh you just start to, your vision will blur over the course of like mm-hmm. 20 or 30 minutes and then you'll just die, which is great. And you can freeze to death and all these sorts of things. Uh, I was just running down this path and one gunshot went out and it was like this crack and I like laid down on the ground instantly and I just hear this voice in my ear just go, I can see you get up. I'm like, fuck. God, the way that works, I have not yet played Daisy, but the way that works is people talking into their headset. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's, it's like, it, if you're far fall, away, so yeah. the fall off works like real life. So a guy yeah. can just speak to you. Yeah. And the zombies can hear that's you. So gross. gross to me. It it's not, that's me not out. in the beta or the alpha right now. Zom- like the zombies. Right. But the proximity based, I can see you get up is real. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just, real. You, you know, if you hear that and it's not Evan on Skype, it's just a fucking guy. Yeah, for sure. And you can see, and he's close. So that's fucking scary. Yeah. It's gross. Um, it's and, uh, and Daisy, I mean, it's coming. I'm sure there's just going to be an update with it very soon because they're close on it the zombie ai is really bad right now 
I mean, it's bad in a fine way, in a way that doesn't ruin the game. Mm-hmm. I actually prefer it. <laughs> um, the people but on the zombies can hear you more. Interesting. So though, with right? with Evan, when you're near them, right, you have to just be like no speaking when you're near zombies. So which is fucking cool, right? Because <laughs> um, like it sort of equivocates the fact that you can't like do hand signs like you would be able to in real life, being like stop, stop, stop. You have to take your hands off of your gun controls and type it. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so it's kind yeah, of yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, it has about yeah, the yeah, same totally. sort of thing. Uh-huh. So I get up and this guy comes out of the fucking comes up the road and he's wearing this like a balaclava and he's got an AR-15 and I was like, hey man, like I'm just I'm like a new character. Let's like be cool. Like I don't have anything. And he's like, put your hands up. How do I do that? <laughs> like you got F2, my hands go up and he goes behind me and it's like, you are being restrained. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, I'm putting handcuffs on you. I'm like what the fuck? Okay, dude, I get it. You're just being cool. I get it. You're just worried. I don't have anything. And he's like, I'm looking in your, he can look in your inventory once he has you handcuffed. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, I'm taking your flashlight and your shirt and your shoes. I'm like, oh, come on, dude. I'm like, dude, like what? It's nighttime. I can't fucking yeah, can't see anything. Yeah, yeah. And he runs away. And then he comes back and I'm like, he's like, you're still not out of the handcuffs. And I was like, I can get out of the handcuffs. Like, how do I get out of the handcuffs? Like, I don't know what to do right now. I was going to just go to look. I don't yeah. know what to do. And he's like, I just mash buttons and stuff. And he's like, do you want my friend? My friend's a sniper. He can just shoot you and kill you right now. But he's not talking like this. He's talking in this like very sort of like, my friend is a sniper in the trees. He can just shoot you and it can be over. And I'm like, no, man, don't. This is actually fun in a weird way. Please don't do that, I guess. And I'm having a nervous laughter the whole time. But it's fucking scary. Yeah. Right. Like, it's like legitimately scary. It sounds like a scene out of Zodiac to me. I know. Right? It is exactly. Yeah. It felt. The fact that he, like, runs away and then, like, and then comes back. Later, it's, like, it seems like uh, the Lake Berry is a scene huh? from Zodiac it is to me. Like, it was like that, but at night. Yeah, I And you're it. laughing because it's... But it's the way you laugh. Right, that's what makes it seem like some scene, people laugh exactly. when you're getting yeah. mugged, you know, yeah. or something. We're just like, what? The thing in that scene that felt the most real to me in Zodiac is when the guy starts saying some goofy thing about, like, his school or, like, something that he's doing and his girlfriend just gives him a face. Like, what are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what yeah. is the, yeah. Who are you? Yeah, it, it was exactly Oh, like it's that. gross to me. Cause it, so uh, then he walks it. away and he's, I'm like, no, no, don't do that. And then I see him sort of, like, like muffle around with his inventory or whatever. Like, his gun goes away. And I'm like, what are you doing? Wait, is that a? Cr- <laughs> I remember saying exactly. Is that a crowbar? He just goes, "This is not a crowbar, you idiot. <laughs> it is an axe." I was like, oh fuck! And I'm like, "Dude, dude, 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 dude," because I was like, "If you fucking start axing me, that's actually going to be weird. That's not. That's going to be because you're in first person. Right. The game's much more first person oriented than yeah. than um the other games. I think it's all first person. I don't compared to the pop- beta. The beta. No, no, no. Yeah, compared like to the the armor the okay. mod. Compared to the mod, the mod you could go into third person and swing your camera around. This is all first person. <laughs> and, That's good. But getting axed in the face at night by a fucking dude in a balaclava with like a ski mask, yeah. basically, is just not the gameplay experience that I'm hoping for. Right. Even if it's in the cards. Yeah, sure. So I was like, please, please, please. Now I'm begging like a real fucking person. Right. Like, I'm begging for real. Like, yeah. please, please, please don't do this. Yeah. Like, it's really going to fuck me up if you do this. Right. <laughs> and then I realized they haven't been speaking that Ollie and Evan are still on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> I left that out of the story. But they're just like, what? What is happening? Like, no. I'm like, no, guys. And then I remember at some time I'm holding the, the, the speaking button. So this guy can hear me going to Evan and Ollie. Guys, this guy's going to fuck me up. <laughs> And finally, he just goes like, okay, fine. I get out of the handcuffs. And he's like, all right. And he's got the axe. And I'm like, just don't. And he just goes, and just runs away silently. <laughs> and I was like, oh. So now I'm just thinking that it's only a matter of time right. before this guy gets me. Like a, a third time. But I'm, I'm just... sick. And I can't, like, my character, I don't know if it was having, like, a oh, bug. 
or like I was actually puking, but it's like yeah. I feel nauseous. I am being, I am sick. I am violently ill. Yeah. Is yeah. like my tooltip. Well, it could be. It's the rotten fruit press plus exactly. being cold. And now and I just like don't know. And also like, getting almost murdered. Yeah. Do you think that exists? Is that would be amazing no, if that was modeled fear? into this. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I ended up just going into a building and being like, okay, all I need to do in here is like find enough stuff to like start to survive. Find like some water. And I need to find, which is fucking hard to find. I ended up finding um, water purification tablets my second playthrough with Evan, um, which is like finding gold. You're just like, great. Okay. All I need is a canteen. I can always drink water no matter where I find it. Because I remember talking to Evan. Like, Evan, I'm really thirsty. And it says I am extremely thirsty. And I'm standing in like ankle high water. And I am able to drink it. Should I just risk it? And he's like, don't do that. <laughs> I'm just like, no, it's not, yeah. not a risk. It is just a bad thing will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so I went searching through this giant apartment building. It was like probably twelve stories tall, and it was. I got in there and I got lost instantly because it was so dark. It was basically oh, because your flashlight was stolen. Yeah, I was just walking. I was just hugging the walls, and then finally I got a tooltip to climb up. And I like tried to search through there, and I couldn't find anything. And I was like, okay, fuck. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna wait it out. I'm just gonna wait until it's daytime. Mm -hmm. And then my character was just like getting sicker and sicker and sicker mm -hmm. over like five or ten minutes and i was like looked over the edge like fuck it and i just jumped off Jesus. and just committed suicide and it was like respawn because you can't respawn you can't just restart ever right yeah you're dead yeah so i did that Jesus. and then i had a really nice time playing with evan where i actually got killed but i fell out of a tree stand and evan was like that shouldn't it was a bug like mm -hmm. i fell 15 feet and mm -hmm. i expected to be damaged and i just was like fuck we were two on like we found two guys. We got to jump on them, so we saw them before they saw us, which is the only way to survive in this game. We had a rifle and some other stuff, so we were doing all right. I had a rifle that I'd found with bullets. Amazing. We saw two guys, and I could tell that they were they were looting a city, and this tree stand was on the outskirts of a city. And they had seen me, and that was fine because they hadn't seen Evan. So like then we're cool. Like let right. them see one of you, but we had seen both of them. Sure, yeah. So. I was like, Evan, I'm going to come to you and we're just going to run up into the hills and see if they follow us. And if they follow us, um, I'll go out and talk to them with the rifle. And if they get squirrely, you're just going to have to like, we're going to have to fucking fight these guys. That was the plan. Yeah. Which is the, a pretty reasonable plan for yeah, Daisy. Yeah, yeah. You just, as long as there's, you have a, something an ace right. in your pocket, you're right, usually right, right. good with social interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, but I need to get out of the tree stand really fast and climbing is so wonky. I'm like, I'm just going to jump. And he's like, oh, it'll hurt your leg, but you should be fine. I jumped. It's like, you are dead. I'm like, what? So Evan like picked up all my shit. So I'm probably going to log in tonight and Evan's just going to give my stuff back. Right. And then we're going to go gallivanting again. But tonight, New Year's Eve? Yeah. Well, no, so I'm not New going to day. It's New Year's Day. Yeah, it's New Year's today. Day. I'm fucking hungover and stuff. I'm going <laughs> to eat beans and watch the Rose Bowl. Um, but also. Oh, yeah. So I should, sh I mean, you've seen this already, but the fucking. Apparently, while I was playing, I right before I went back to play with Evan the second time, I put out a tweet that was like, going back to play DayZ, first experience really fucked me up. Hope it doesn't suck. If you're not a murderer, DM or it's, hit me out with an at reply. And Dean Hall, the guy who like runs the game, is uh, like retweeted it. So it got out to a bunch of DayZ fans. And then I checked my Twitter the next day, and it's like, did this happen to happen just north of Belota on a darkened road? Were you a like black female character, and was I wearing a balaclava? It wasn't that specific, but it was enough to write his road back. Oh my god! <laughs> and then I had this because they had like hundreds of thousands of players already. Yeah, which is an insane thing to happen on Twitter that this this guy would be like, oh my god, I'm the person who did who, and especially when all I put out is last experience really fucked me up. Right. It's all it took for that guy. Was your name Vanaman though on the server? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 
Um, because his name was like Tex or something. Tex. <laughs> his name was fucking Tex. But uh, we end up going back and forth on Twitter, and he's like, "Now that I read the sad end of your story, I feel bad." <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, right. It's like a guy who leaves an abandoned dog yeah, on the side of the even, road, and the dog is like, killed. Like, but even like ten minutes ago, you're like. I had, you know, I found this like clown mask and it was for fun. And then Evan showed it to me and I'm like, oh my God, that's really scary. Right? Like when you're the right, person right, perpetrating right, right. the exactly. thing, like it's yeah, not yeah, the yeah. same. But I mean, wearing a clown mask is a I little know, different. Also, saying, when he I'm saw not... the screenshots, when he saw the screenshots that I took and showed him on Twitter, yeah. he was like, my, I looked really scary. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You look about really fucked. But like looking yeah. really scary is different than like, know, oh, I'm I sorry know. you had a sad end I know, when I, I, know, I, know. <laughs> I left you dying on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we're steam friends. That's hilarious. Yeah, which is fucking funny to me. So now you guys are going to roll out together in clown masks and fuck people up. Dude, I don't know. It's so funny because, like, that's why the game is Are you going to be the nice DZ player? Dude, it doesn't even matter if I said yes to that right then because you get in a situation (laughs) and there's no fucking nice. There's I don't want to die. That's all that exists in that game, which is fascinating to me. Yeah. And the way that some people combat that I don't – like, the only thing about that game is I don't want to die. That's the only, like, driving force of the game across every single system and the way some people deal with that is just be the first person to do something really fucked up to other people like not just sort of be good at protecting yourself but go out into the world and search to do harm because then you're always on the offensive and that makes them feel secure because the game's just about feeling insecure all the time which i like a lot not in life (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really cool interesting anyway that's I wrote that whole story up with links to all my shit. It's on my Twitter account somewhere. I use Storyfy, which is actually a cool service. Mm-hmm. I uh, on Christmas Day was my 100th consecutive Splunky Daily Challenge. Congratulations! Nice little bit of synergy there. I enjoyed it. Cool. Yep. A real gift. Did you beat? Everyone. Did you beat it yet? I uh, I have I have. Completed. Did you beat the daily challenge that day? I mean, just have. I mean, I imagine at a certain point you'll beat this game. You won't have to play it anymore. I have. I have completed it. So what are we doing here? <laughs> what are What are we up to? Uh, one hundred and five, I think. No, why? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody does at this stage. <laughs> it's not an answerable question. Well, I was walk. I went on this big walk, uh, this big hike with Amelia today, and we were talking about it because I was. She said, "Do you really think Chris is ruining the podcast by only playing Splunky?" <laughs> <laughs> That's Christ. Fucking say. And I went, uh, no, but I mean, you know, like, that'd be nice if you play another game. <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, why does he just keep playing that? And I said, he's gotten into it a lot on the podcast. And if I'm going to be honest with you, and I should because it's just you and I here, Amelia, I don't remember because I tune it out because it's so much <laughs> fucking spunky talk that I just like, look. And I talked about the fact that, like, it is kind of like a brilliant system. There's no game. way I've talked about it more than you've talked about Dota 2. There's no way. In my life or on the podcast? Well, even on the podcast. Wrong. In- incorrect. I would say if we do. Hey, Johnny Driggs. You can solve this problem for us. You've already timestamped every Idle Thumbs episode. I would like. It's a good excuse, actually, to, to give that guy a shout out. That guy's fucking um, awesome. Yeah. So if you go to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash idle videos, um, it's the best YouTube channel. Yeah, it's basically the best YouTube channel. If you're but, an Idle Thumbs listener who wants to be able to jump to any well, there's, conversation, there's, in there's any clearly hundreds episode. of people who who watch it on YouTube because every episode has a has a bunch of views. Um, this guy for the last like I don't know almost years? two years now, yeah, it's ever years? since we came back, basically, I think has been. Um, uh, uploading and timestamping every episode of Idle Thumbs to our YouTube channel. It's ridiculous. He's like really good at it, and uh, 
they go up within a day of the episode yeah, going live really, now, which really is terrifying impressive. to us. So you might yeah. be listening to this one on YouTube right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you are, you have Johnny Briggs to thank for it. Yeah, that guy is really cool. We had mm-hmm. breakfast with him once. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. Hope you're doing well, Johnny. Happy New Year. Uh, no, but we could... There's data on this. <laughs> No, but I don't think it would. It, you know what, though? It would not be healthy for us to have a competition about who has spoken more about a game that That's true. It is would not be. a cancer to the podcast. <laughs> you can start your own Splunky cast yeah. and then give up on it. I six do already. Seven. I do that every Oh, you do that day. every day. <laughs> Fucking damn. Fine. You've been better. I don't know. You even had Nick Brecken on yours once or a couple times. A few times, yeah. yeah. Those ones are weird. Those ones are basically like just ones. like me and Nick having our just everything cast. It's super But I like seeing you and Nick interact. Yeah, he sure has it on this podcast. No. But seeing you guys, because you're like in your apartment, mm-hmm. so it's it's just a more you're more casual. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. like a you're not in front of a microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels yeah. very different from the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, you just talk about whatever, which yeah. I like, because yeah. you you don't need to carry it because the little there's guy, a man on screen. Yeah. There's a guy. Well, there's a guy also, in a turban killing right, snakes. That's the actual. <laughs> that's the actual content. So anything we say is just gravy, basically. Yeah, it's weird. It's an interesting. It feels different. Yeah, I like it's, it. It's interesting. Those are the only ones I've watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to do reader mail? Yeah. That's, that's what we've been doing this whole time. It is, that is incorrect. No. This is almost a full podcast. Oh, yeah. This is, this is, this is cusp of the blast here. Cusp of the blast? We're, okay. we're, in, we're, we're, on, dog, cusp yeah, blast. we're on a cast blast edge here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably. Um, that was like the Idle Thumbs theme, but um. It, I, I should uh, Zoe Hart has an email. Um, I haven't heard from her in a few weeks. She you might remember Zoe from such emails as uh, the Obscure, crazy multiplayer obs- communities. Like multiplayer yes. communities. Yes. Yeah. Um, she she. This is just basically a general survey on the origin of MOBA games, Lord Lord's Management games. Um, she says. On last week's podcast, you were talking about roguelikes and how Dota clones eventually started being called MOBAs. I love etymology, so I thought I would describe where the term came from and about the drama I referred to in a previous email, since the term is closely related. I'm drunk in a hotel writing this, so it's hard to proofread. Um, Happy New Year. Wait, you're drunk in a hotel writing this, so it's... (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is just, I think, a side bit of information. The near sleep state in which you experience hallucinations is called hypnagogia. So we that was, as I think in reference to last week's podcast, if I remember. Yeah, when I was talking about fighting the Ambien. Mm-hmm. Oh right, and when I when I had do. And you had data complete. Yeah. Um, all right, let's start with Dota itself. Dota was based on a StarCraft mod called Aeon of Strife, which I believe was based on an Angels vs. Demons mod for Warcraft Three, which came after Hero Line Wars Warcraft Three started popping up. People credit Icefrog for maintaining Dota over the years, but it wasn't originally his game. It came from a guy named Ool who didn't update the original version. Someone else created a version called Dota All-Stars. After six months or so, he lost interest and gave the map to Ginsu, now of Riot Games, who continually updated the game from, I think, 2003 to 2005. In 2005-ish, it went to Nykus, who gave it to Icefrog shortly thereafter, who maintained the game from that point on, and a year or so later changed the name from Dota All-Stars back to Dota. Jake is freaking out. This is just like a, this is just like a chapter out of the Old Testament. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> ice frag begat. Yeah, ice frog yeah, right. begat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pendragon also Riot games. <laughs> While Ginsu was maintaining Dota All Stars, created the community site DotaAllStars.com. So Aeon of Strife to Dota to Dota All Stars to Dota. 
Pendragon, the founder of the Premier Community site, where everyone went for information on new releases and download and to download the new updates, closed the site with no notice when he left to work with Ginsu at Riot Games, leaving only an ad for League of Legends in its place. I don't remember if it was a click-through or a reader. <laughs> Fucking ballsy. I know. So good. <laughs> Either way, the point is, a lot of the initial hostility between the games was in part due to the mechanics, but also, in my opinion, mostly because of incest... Uh, incensed Dota players who refused to associate with Pendragon, who both built and destroyed the premier and nearly only Dota community site in late 2008. This left players with no real way to contact friends they had made or content they had created, and he just disappeared for a period of time, and anything later on on the League of Legends community site that referenced it was promptly deleted. He did eventually release logs of the site in an Ask Me Anything on Reddit years later, and was met with <laughs> 3,000 immediate downvotes, which was pretty hilarious to me. Around 2010, shortly after the official release of League of Legends, the Riot marketing team began making a heavy push to use the term MOBA, as games including League of Legends were still being referred to as Dota clones primarily. Words are powerful things, and with news of Valve's acquisition of IceFrog from the previous year, they de desperately needed a term that didn't insinuate they were a ripoff of another game or they could potentially lose a proportion of their player base to the real game, i.e. Dota 2. Real game in, in quote marks there. Um, this took Quotes place... not needed. <laughs> This took place around the same time as Blizzard versus Valve court case over the rights of the term Dota. That's fucking amazing to me. About I know. Me. Where Valve wanted to call the game Dota, and Blizzard's stance was that it shouldn't be allowed to be copyrighted since it originated from the community. So Dota eventually became Dota 2. There was some pushback against the term MOBA. Some because they thought the term was stupid, which I kind of agree with, and some because it came from Riot and was obviously a marketing ploy to disassociate themselves and their game from Dota. So in order to combat it, they had to come up with a term as well because MOBA was beginning to take hold. So they came up with the term Arts, Action Real-Time Strategy Who game. did this? Sorry? Um, I don't, I'm not actually sure who this refers to now. I think Blizzard? A, oh, this might be Blizzard, yeah. Not, someone... So they, they came up with the term Arts, Action Real-Time Strategy Game, and Sea Arts, Carts? Character action real-time strategy game. Cart life. But, <laughs> the cart's life. By the time those terms started popping up, it was already too late, though, and Riot was blowing up so quickly, and games news outlets, acting as mouthpieces for the general public, were also new to the genre, using League of Legends as their entrance, began using that marketing term, MOBA. Um, so that's about everything. That's where the term comes from, the drama, and why sometimes you'll see the genre referred to as sea arts or arts. Happy holidays, and let 2014 be remembered as the year of Louis Jeff Gerstmann. Love you all. There was uh, a sentence missing from yeah, the end of that in, email. In 2012 or 2011, uh, Double Fine game designer Jean-Paul Le Breton posted a tweet saying, refer to MOBAs as Lord's Management Games, and then the true name was born. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Zoe so forgot that seems fact. Weird. Yeah, it's kind of, it seems like a pretty important chapter in that saga, but it's, she did a pretty good job other than that. So. Yeah. yeah. But I, I felt like Zoe was actually just going a, a, deep, a layer deeper into knowledge that was not really unknown, where like everybody knows they're called Lord's Management Games now, so... Yeah, that's true. This was a bit more of an under-the-surface Yeah, she probably didn't feel the need to say something so obvious. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Zoe. A true New Year's present. You do New Year's <laughs> presents in my house now. On e this podcast? Just email. Yeah, and that's what I call this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I call this my house now. <laughs> um, did you, were you going to read something, Jake? No, I just had my phone up. Oh. Um, just on Twitter. <laughs> I'm writing down things we're talking about. Hmm. So Malin writes, Life Crisis as a Game Designer. Um, hi Thumbs, I'm a game designer and a writer and I'm in a rut. I've been wondering as I'm Familiar? creating something, as many before me, what's the point? Familiar. All stories have usually been told before and what do they really give to your audience? Don't you feel like the entertainment you are giving your players is nothing but an escapism they could get anywhere else? Do you ever feel like you're keeping everyone docile instead of, you know, doing something worthwhile? Back in the day, books were usually for rich people to pass the time while real people were working or sleeping. Have stories truly mm. made people change anything? 
I mean, I know of stories that have made people think about stuff, but in the long run, I feel like at least right now, all the action games and stories give to the recipients is making them type OMG hashtag the feels on Twitter. Uh, TLDR, do you... Re- God, I really hate that, by the way. Sorry. The feels? Yeah, oh. I know, I know. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I'm having an emotional response to something. OMG. <laughs> what? <laughs> do any of your listen? Do you or any of your listeners know of any games that not only make you think, but also act? Start a fucking riot or something worthwhile? I guess I'm okay with even some sort of personal growth, just something. I'm dying over here. Thanks, M. Keep up the good work, even though I guess listening to your show is keeping me docile. <laughs> I think that's really – there's a lot going on there. Sure. That's a yeah. sort of like – I mean I think that's not an in uncommon line of thought for someone who works in a creative field. Sure, sure. But I think if somebody isn't starting a riot, they're probably they, – it doesn't mean they – I don't know. Yeah. I think – it's more of a world philosophy thing, I guess. Like, I kind of think that if you're engaging with a piece of fiction, regardless of its media, and it's forcing you to have some self-reflection, you're probably going to just act differently. Yeah. Not I, in I drastic ways. Yeah, I don't think... But yeah. it's, like, because reflections are really we've, important. We've had literature for thousands of years, and the world has been shitty often during those thousands of years. So obviously, right. literature and associated forms aren't... Like saving the world, quote unquote. Right. But I do think this is between cure all and also yeah, just sort exactly. Of like... Just uh, there's a, it's actually this is actually one of the reasons I am to some degree a little bit skeptical of just things that are intended as pure escapism, right? It's like I feel like right. in the uh, there's nothing wrong with it existing certainly and like uh, being a like a proportion of what's out mm-hmm. there, obviously. But you know, I, I in an in an ideal case, you know, hopefully fiction of whatever type will be helping. The person who experiences it, the player, the reader, the like, watcher, whatever. Play like, is really important for human beings to like express themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's how we learn things. The Room 2 was like made my marriage better. <laughs> like it did. We sat there <laughs> yeah, with the yeah, iPad yeah. together. Sure. And it was something we looked forward to every night and we would chat about. And like when we solved a puzzle together, I was like, oh, Millie's really smart. Mm-hmm. You know, or like, oh, Millie like saw that thing I didn't see. And like I learned to appreciate her more as a person. And that's yeah. not going to change the world, but it's changing my world. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, for that matter, people are going to do, people are going to want to, like, be entertained no matter what. So it seems like, like, at the very least, seems like a noble enough goal to just want to try and, like, raise the bar on average, right? Right. Like, do the best you can to make those things. Like, animals play that aren't humans. Like, it's important to, like, yeah, play. I think he's talking (laughs) maybe in even a broader sense than just play. But, but yeah, you're obviously, that's true, yeah. The intentions of a content creator are many so i think it would be yeah of course really like there's no reason people make stuff there's no one reason yeah obviously there there are many reasons that are selfish but that's just how it is right that's yeah i mean i would yeah. say but there's like, not a unified the, reason why someone yeah. makes it yeah like exactly. there's not a common there's not a common trait amongst <clears throat> yeah. creative people well what this guy doesn't know is that every other person who's making video games is out to change the world so <laughs> i don't know maybe you're <laughs> in the wrong, wrong field if you're not yeah. that's <laughs> not what you're doing but i also the same way you're skeptical of anything that's like sets out to be pure escapism which i completely agree with I'm also hyper skeptical skeptical of anybody who sets out to change the world with a piece of content. Oh, I totally agree with you. Like where this I is going to do yeah. blank. Like, no, it's I don't. So I don't think a me. message is a really good goal to set out to achieve. I, I mean, think I it's think really bad. Make something that is tr- as but true as you can make it. People are going to play this game and they're going to set a car on fire because they're mad about social inequality. Yeah. No, the best dialogue really? that goes on. <laughs> people like, hate jail and being shot, so more than they will like yeah, your video yeah. game. <laughs> 
I mean, you want your work to create a dialogue with the player, not a didacticism. You know, like you don't want to be like fucking lecturing people. Of course not, because people hate that. People, I mean, I think well, it's also just like not. Oh yeah, it really bothers me. People want to play games. People want to be entertained. But you should want to challenge. But I, I mean, think like your job as a person who's making something. If you, uh, at least I guess the way that I think about it to myself is, or the way that makes me feel okay about my life, I guess, is I make I'm making a video game, which is a video game. Uh, so it's a thing that someone is going to want to play because mm-hmm. people want to play things. So my job for myself as a person who's making this stuff is to give someone something that will make them consider something they hadn't previously considered. Right. That's it. Like yeah. that's it. And I don't know what Yeah, totally. Do. And I think if you're trying I, to I don't know if I succeeded that ever. Yeah, no. Like, I mean, I think that's that's about as good a goal as you can have. I mean, I I think if you try and make something that reflects some element of like truth or experience, you're going to get that. Like people are going to um regardless of whether it's an experience that's like directly analogous to something in their life, it's going to you know, it'll touch something that they can connect to that has to do with like being a human being. I mean, um, it was like David, I'm sure I've mentioned this on cast before, but David Foster Wallace said, um, something to the effect of fiction is about what it means to be a fucking human being. You know, I mean, I think you can extend that to anything really. You can mm-hmm. extend that to music, to games, to, to art. Um, you're just trying to capture something about someone's experience, even if it's a fairly frivolous one. Like, you know, if it's, you're right. touching on something that is true in some way, good job. Yeah. Sure. I didn't mean it quite that intensely, but that's fine too. But it's still, I don't think it has I mean, to be intense. Yeah. I think that can be a very, I, I think, think there's like really... works that are like very lighthearted that are that. Like, I don't, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't think it has to be like fucking infinite jest to refer right. to, you know, Wallace. And... I mean, I, I think good, like even like a TV episode could be that if it's yeah, absolutely. got a, like sort of a seed of truth at its core and didn't like mortgage that to get it self made. Mm-hmm. That's always what happens. I don't think, even talking to like, like I said, we did some consulting for a while for a few months and talking to people early on about a game that i know is going to turn out to be like basically a um like bombastic uh whatever like escapist spectacle people usually start with something that isn't that yeah yeah, yeah. but then just the process gets rid of it or it wasn't you know i don't know uh it's funny though because i was sitting there thinking while you were talking about he said said like can you think of a time where it actually made you behave differently. And I said this on the cast and it's still true. And it even sounds super fucking cheesy to say, but I tip more because of cart life. I swear to God, (laughs) if there was actually a graph of all the times I've ever tipped in my life, I do. I tip more because of cart life. There'd be a bump and then a plateau. I just started going to like 20 plus because it, made my fucking day if somebody gave me five bucks like it just it clicked the switch it just flipped the switch like a big time switch yeah. in my head yeah it's i know that's stupid but like i don't know that can have like that i think that 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 switch flip for human beings is completely unpredictable and if you throw some something out there that actually gets in front of thousands of people it can flip us something can flip a switch sometimes and i think that's pretty cool mm-hmm. about being a person yeah but you don't set out you, to be like yeah, i'm going exactly. to you do i'm going no, to flip that can't. switch that's and a recipe people. for like depression right like you oh, so it's a recipe for depression and also just making a bad thing I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no doubt yeah it's yeah, a yeah. double whammy yeah, 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 yeah that's why i think for me the tangible goal is closer to just try try to make sure that people are seeing a thing they aren't expecting to see whether yeah, that's that it's whether that's like just like the showmanship style the thing turns left when you expect it to turn right or something behaves in a way that you don't expect that 
reveals something about yourself or whatever. I don't care, but uh, which makes it hard to design games sometimes, actually, because it's all you know. I always think games about have that. to be when intuitive I, to some degree. Yeah, when we're Jake and I always like we're talking about whatever we're working on. That's always the conflict of like, what, what's it going to be unexpected here, but completely expected in how you discover it. Sure. You know yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, just the yeah, way you that's don't like con- you don't want to contradict right? your own yeah. logic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just the, the, often, at least, it's maybe not the best way, but it's probably the shortest way to give someone to to up the odds that someone is going to think about something after they're done with it is to present them with something that is surprising and sticks in your brain because of that. Yeah, um, and sometimes it's relatively. That doesn't incomplete. mean like a twist or a shock. Yeah. I don't know. I think a, the the key to a good piece of impactful media is a solid twist ending. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's what I meant yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Comma M <laughs> dash M Night Shyamalan. Leave leave people <laughs> circa nineteen ninety nine. Leave people with the thing they weren't expecting when they went in. Like he was like dead he the was entire dead. time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the village is actually <laughs> in modern times. The twist is spoil actually... every M Night Shyamalan movie for it's twenty fourteen. <laughs> he's never making fucking. He's never fucking making a movie re- again. That's my news resolution. The is twist to spoil is all the most movies. service level version of what I'm talking about, but it's also the antithesis of what I'm talking about because the twist, by virtue of being the twist, is then the expected thing. Like, it's and by that you mean yeah, Chubby yeah. Checkers is the twist? Yeah, Jeez. I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just yeah. No, once the thing becomes like once that's just part of a formula, then that it's no longer fulfilling in, that goal. In any yeah. like entertainment medium experience that just gives you pause is mm-hmm. the thing that's why chris ends every single song he writes with a gong smash <laughs> <laughs> and then that one when he doesn't yeah and you know what's so funny is i never set out to do it was just what in every single song that's just what that's just seemed, old... yeah never even set out to achieve anything with that well i'm changing the world chris i know i'm flipping those gong. switches <laughs> flipping switches mm-hmm. chris bought a cadillac over christmas with Flipping switches is like you know, like a lowrider car thing. <laughs> oh, Christ, sorry, right. it's fine. <clears throat> um, that, did we ever watch the YouTube video of Amir Rao from Supergiant Games singing, <coughs> singing his like early two thousands rap called "Bind Those Keys" about Diablo two? We're gonna watch it after this. I have not seen that. No, Jake, Jake's leaving. Maybe I'll just make a big. Jake had a cough. Is that okay? Jake didn't make it to 2014. <laughs> that would be fucking bad. Yeah, that would be pretty bad if Jake yeah. died within the next four days. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't, if be, I died wouldn't be the yesterday. best. I mean, yesterday. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be super thrilled about it. I, I would that. be. Are we, doing really one, are, we do, are we doing one more reader mail? Let's not talk about me dying in the next three days. Just be safe, okay, bud. All right, all right, good. Um, this has been a good blast for what it's worth. Yeah. Would you say it's been a blast? It's been, this blast has been a real blast, guys. Good. Uh, Owen Bell writes. This blast has one last gasp. Go last ahead. Gasp for the blast. Owen Bell writes. Game development tools of the future. This is the theme today. Um, the the bl- blast gasp has assonance, but not rhyme. Thanks. That doesn't yeah. count. But also That's okay. What's wrong with that? Blast gasp assonance also has assonance. So it's fine. What was wrong assonance, with assonance is fine. Assonance is fine. Assonance is one of my favorite things. Yeah, it's good. Assonance is good. Yeah. Um, no one talks about consonants. I imagine that's a thing, but it's probably not very common. Common consonants. Okay. All right. Owen Bell writes. Jesus, Jake. There are a lot of tools out there that <laughs> Show are. Show me the blueprints. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of tools out there that <laughs> make game developers' Boom. lives. Is Jake in negative 2014? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just start that email over. Yeah, okay, all right. Owen Bell writes, Dear Thumbs, there are a lot of tools out there making game developers' lives a lot easier. 
I've used software like Unity and Game Maker, and it seems like magic how much they can do. But this is the 21st century. Anything is possible. What tools would you like to see, however realistic or insane, that would make game development even easier? Owen. P.S. If you just say a tool that makes the game for us, I will know without doubt that not only are all the games you make for babies, you are babies too. Gauntlet is thrown. So don't say that, I guess. This is a good time to ask us. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Well, it's it actually for me is a really bad time to ask because right now I feel like all the tools that are out there I'm just like a I'm a baby with. Also, I feel like we're so early in game development that it is like the beginning of the hungry, hungry hippos of Unity Asset Store time. (laughs) Where it's like this will do everything we need, this, 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 and we haven't gotten a critical mass uh, of game. You haven't hit the wall yet. To just go, oh my god, nothing is going to do anything. What we really need, yeah, yeah. is is this. No, it's it does feel like that though when you're using Unity is that everything is just out there somewhere. Like someone's definitely written a tool for this. Then you search, and there are actually three of them, and you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. In, as far as actual Unity development goes... I the, feel like tools... Like to, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'll well, cut you off. Sorry. The thing that would actually be really nice would be... Uh, and maybe this exists because apparently everything exists, but an actual trusted review assessment and community site for Unity that is separate from mm. the App Store five-star review system. Like yeah. comprehensive reviews and looks at... Right, tool at, at Unity kind of stuff. Like, and sort of like, kind of like what Game Developer Magazine, how they used to review. Yeah. Right, but like, yeah. let's look at like some yeah. common pipelines using these three Unity tools and how they work well together. Yeah, that'd or like, be awesome. how this, like, because. That's got to be. I mean, because there are lots of sites that do that kind of. There's like Linda and like. I guess that's more of like usage rather than reviews. But yeah. like, there are definitely sites that do that for other things. There must. That, right. I wouldn't be surprised the, if the that. The Unity happened. community in and of itself yeah. is such a is, it's a. is a growing and pretty sizable thing at this point. And it seems like right now it's more you talk to your friend who's already made a Unity game and they go, oh, no, no, don't do that. That's bullshit, right. especially yeah, if you're going to no, use it with totally, that. But like yeah, that knowledge point. Yeah. isn't codified anywhere yet. And yeah, that would best be, practices about aftermarket tool, Unity stuff, And that's also yeah. very specific to Unity, but that's the thing that I'm but thinking about right now. But if the is big enough to support that ecosystem, it should also be big <clears> enough to support that theoretically. I mean yeah. most of that stuff exists on the forums. But even then, like I read this, I read the but it's forums. Really, it's distributed. And, and it's I'll read not... the forums and I'll be like, well, that guy doesn't know he's not. Or it's a threat from 2011, you know, like it never gets bumped. Whereas like – yeah. The um yeah that's a good idea like the uh the app store economy on on iOS both games and just general software is very similar to how the Unity app store is set up but there are like sort of curators and tastemakers in that space now that you can trust like this right. game probably is actually worth looking at because site A B or C said really fantastic things about it whereas right now it feels like most of that is just inside of the app store and the Unity forum yeah anyway that's not a tool um, I would like yeah, a, like if there's like a button you could press. Um and then you could sort of speak into your microphone the game that you want. Oh, and then it, the game, and then the game the would game? just come out. Yeah, that, this yeah. is a good idea. I think that works though by way of you just employing like seventy people overseas <laughs> and you send them a document and then you get a bad game back. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean what, you know, Mechanical Turk of video games. <laughs> God, someone tried to develop a game entirely through Amazon Mechanical Turk. Oh, I thought you said someone did. No, yeah. I'm just imagining If someone that. did, like, I need yeah. a texture of brick that has to tile yeah, and yeah, is based yeah, yeah. on these three photos. Right, yeah. I need a <laughs> wraparound of this man's face. Yeah. I need 50 lines of dialogue. Yeah. I need a sound of a car. Like, <laughs> God, that would be insane. Game Jam. Oh, man. Amazon Mechanical Turk Game Jam? Holy shit. People would have to just dump so much money into Mechanical Turk and they would just get weird stuff. Eventually, people would just start giving the same game to like five people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The system would just automatically optimize itself. Right. God. Yeah. Your asset pipeline is Amazon Mechanical Turk (laughs) and a copy of Game Maker. Go. Yeah. (laughs) 
God, that's really good. Yeah. I don't know. Any actual tools? I think technologies and tools are like more advanced than what people are using them for, obviously, like right now, in my opinion. Like, I just think we need to like make some good shit with what we got for a minute. Well, the thing that's hard about to answer this question for me is that I look at the state of tools like Unity and the ecosystem built up around Unity and what people have done with things like GameMaker. And what, like, I, I used GameMaker once, I used it for Molly, this year's Molly Jam, and like, it felt pretty weird to me in comparison to something like unity unity felt like a better designed tool to me but i look at what like tom francis who never made a game before did with game maker he made gunpoint and i'm like well i'm sure there's lots of things that would make things better and lots of tools that would open it up to more people but it's hard for me to imagine what they are because i'm already so regularly amazed by how right. far also tools the state of come. tools for for just regular people scale all the way down to twine exactly right yeah and then Which all the way up to good. like crazy yeah, no, it's like good basically unity source access yeah exactly so like i'm sure there are things but i'm probably not the right person to think of them because the a lot of the solutions are probably boring ones of just like technical things that are it'd be really cool if this rigging optimized yeah like exactly right yeah Yeah, yeah. just things that make things i mean user friendliness down the line is actually i think one of the things that unity is that is like the most important single thing unity did i mean there's such a thing as like importance of the power of tools but i think what's way more fundamental that unity did what that it does, basically doesn't exist in at least any off-the-shelf engine i've used and i know people have said good things about like the cry engine and stuff but i but i haven't used that but like the thing that is so special about unity is that it just brings like a completely unified para- like user paradigm to the entire goddamn software like everything that's in it feels like it's part of the same piece of software which is just so uncommon mm-hmm. for a like end-to-end game development environment um and that is like this i think the single most important thing that that tool set has brought and like if that i know that like i'm not a i'm not a 3d artist obviously but i know people who work a lot in like maya have a have that complaint about um 3d modeling software is it doesn't feel like that it feels like crazy software you know i mean i i feel like what unity has brought to the development environment one of the most beneficial things probably would be to bring that level of consistency and user-oriented design to just other major tool sets. Um, that, to me, seems like one of the most important things to happen. Yeah, because yeah, it's over the years, it's definitely happened in audio and video. Mm-hmm. 3D seems like you can still feel the weird tendrils going back to when it was for making office complexes. Right, yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. Source control is always tough. Still tough. Yeah, yeah make good yeah. source control for a video game. Which yeah. sort of like multi-user editing of a that, thing is fucking. Impossible. That's true. That, that could be a lot better. John Blow is apparently that article. Yeah, the that. blog post on the Witness website about how they built their multi-user editor for the Witness is fucking crazy because the Witness editor seems like it's basically just an MMO game development environment where everyone is inside of it at the same time. <clears throat> Every single element in it has a related flat file that you can check out. Real, like independent of the main world, so everyone just literally coexists in real time in this building. Like it's game development as Little Big Planet, but real and not just five people creating circles of trees. Is I would like that to be a thing that is right. like just yeah, yeah standard. You have a server that has the mm-hmm. game that you're working on, especially yeah for. I imagine that would get out especially of control. Especially for teams of our size, like hundred yeah. people. But if you yeah. have twenty or fewer, and you could just have people not. I, I know that sort of asynchronous versions of that where people can check out basically like a square of the checkerboard of the world are increasingly mm-hmm. common, but just having everyone coexist in the game space on yeah, as amazing. effectively a server in real time developing the game yeah. as it 
with it existing yeah. would be would be cool. Like, Unity is, Unity's can... already kind of behind the curve on even the more normal version of that, which right. is a bit of a bummer. But it would be nice to see them try and bite it off more in that. The Perforce integration, if you pay for it, uh-huh. is where that's what you're using. Yeah, is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. But like, it's clean Perforce and integration. Like, it's you, not at all. What you we're also about. you get right, a little course, taste yeah. of it when you're using Unity because you'll get latest on Perforce, and then your game editor window just notices that that happens, and all of your assets repopulate mm-hmm. in real time, and you're Except like, when, oh, but it means it means you can just taste what it would actually be a few steps farther yeah. if that was <laughs> if that was actually running server side, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I know. I'm sure all programmers in the world crash. are just like their toes and fingers crash. are curling up at yeah. the thought of of that because <laughs> that's disgusting. But from a like sort of art and just gameplay object population standpoint, yeah. it would be super cool. Yeah. Um, maybe that Unity would be terrible. is really stable. You notice that? Yeah, for for a game development environment, cool, it's pretty stable. No, not very often. Mine doesn't crash in the Mac. Yeah, it's good. It's fucking weird that Unity started off as Mac software. Also, mm-hmm. it runs great on my Mac. I know it <laughs> runs like a fucking champ. Yeah. It's they, probably they why it is the way it is. <laughs> Says the guy in the rocking. fucking Apple, Apple jumper like right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that's the, just been a hallmark of Mac software for basically ever is that there's a unified user experience across the entire piece of software, and yeah. that's a thing that you value as a software developer if you want Mac users to buy your software. Whereas on Windows, fuck that. Just put 18 <laughs> Windows yeah. 3.1 sliders all over it, and it's fine. Um, yeah. I don't know. Sure. No, that's fair enough. Um, cool. Should we... Uh, Max! Should we wrap it up? <laughs> we have our official New Year's end of episode to do. If that's what you mean. I... Okay. All right. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah! All right, so... You want to start with you, Jake? Well, you got to, you got to. Oh, I will toast, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't we already drank champagne on this podcast? Yes, that was on a when we when we hit our Kickstarter goal. <clears throat> the second Kickstarter progress cast included. Uh, oh, yeah. So this is the second. This is a big one. Sorry. Thanks. So. Gentlemen, 2014 is here, mm-hmm. more or less. Cheers less. to video games, to me. Cheers. Cheers to Jake. Cheers to the readers. This is for you. This is That's yours. That's a good $6 champagne. I know, not bad. Kind of tastes like fish on the end. You get that? That mm-hmm. might be the glass. I'm not really getting that. I can't tell I have a cold. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought... That's fine. Oh, man. T- uh, yeah. Yeah. To ring out 2013 and ring in 2014, <clears throat> we would do uh, some Idle Thumbs New Year's resolutions because... Oh, yeah, we did. You thought that. I thought it would be a good I idea. Think you should, I think yeah. you should start. You should set the tone. Well. For it. <sighs> Jacob Richard Rodkin. How real are we getting with these is the what question. What are your <laughs> resolutions you want to be? for 2014? Well, you have to say I, Jacob Richard Rodkin. <laughs> I will say that as of right now... <laughs> My last act of 2013 yep. is to kill Chris. <laughs> kill Chris. <laughs> My last act of 2013 is to uh, get the Idle Thumbs EP vinyl EP final Kickstarter oh, reward okay. to the good printer. One. That's a good. Dick is doing it tomorrow, so we can. <laughs> so we can get it out so of the wire. So it's included in our taxes for 2013. Tax it, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I was, we were painting, and I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> yeah, no, I think we're gonna. Yeah. No, uh, we. 
would have been a little bit bad about closing out this Kickstarter campaign. By a little bit bad, I mean we've done probably... The only people who are worse than us are the people who fucking took the money and ran. Yes. Yeah. Kangaroo Jack is the is the uh, worst Kickstarter host. But I think... To be fair, we got like 90% of that shit out. Yeah, okay. That's fine. We came in on Idle Thumbs 65, I think. Yeah. And now we're at 139, which is awesome. Because what that means does that mean we've done more? Yeah, yes. seventy four episodes since we came back than when we since we left. Yes, seventy four episodes. That's incredible. Yeah, I have to say, like, that's cheers, cheers. Oh, I mean, okay. seriously, here's, cheers. here's the cheers. But the shame of that is that we have no. Not, shame is we've well. done more episodes than we did before the Kickstarter, and yet we have not fulfilled one hundred percent of the Kickstarter rewards. So my New Year's resolution uh, is to get the rest of that shit out as soon as possible because that's a disaster. <laughs> so you're going to complete your resolution. <laughs> no. The album, Instantly. I'm, I'm submitting the album oh, okay. to get printed, but that also means fulfillment. That also means yeah. getting out the MP3s, getting the yeah. wallpapers out, getting yeah. like, that's my early resolution. And, and for what it's worth, we're talking about a fulfillment solution that will be to, outside of, if you've already given us your address and you've moved and all that bullshit, where you have a solution, we're talking about a solution that's going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, you'll be able to get that in, in a way that won't, yeah. won't be crazy. Yeah. Oh, also, worry. my other New Year's resolution is to play more Minecraft. Really? Is it yes. really? For real? I saw the... Okay, so... Um, <clears throat> the Autothumbs Minecraft server kind Two of... surprising resolution. Kind of died yeah. off because people just stopped playing it for a while. But then some guys on the forum who had been posting in the other Minecraft threads just said, you know, fuck it. I missed there being an Autothumbs Minecraft server. So just some people on the forums are now self-funding a dedicated Minecraft server. And Doug pointed idlemc.com back to it. So there's now a new... Full time Idle Thumbs so dedicated Minecraft server. Or can you just join? Um, you should look. Is it on the forums? Maybe. I think you have to log into the forums. I'm not sure. Look, um, there's a multiplayer networking thread, and in there, there's something called Idle MC Mine Thumbcraft or something. It's called awkward uh, best. Mm. I think if you just go to idlemc.com in your web browser, you'll know the URL of the server, and then once you go in there, there's instructions for how to get whitelisted to build. If that's how it still works, I'm not sure. Anyway. I just saw YouTube videos of a new, like, thriving Idle Thumbs Minecraft server, and it got me excited to get back into Minecraft. So, yeah, that's awesome. There's that. Cheers. I guess I'll play more video games. I'm already doing that. I'm playing a lot of games right now. It's weird. I know. You guys had a fucking brain swap. (laughs) 2013 was weird. Mm hmm. Yeah. Next. I've been sitting here trying to think about one. Oh, my God. Yeah. The host of Dota today can't think of a New Year's resolution. I, Sean O'Reilly <laughs> Vanneman. Come on. I my I resolve, solemnly resolve. Yeah. We only need one. We need one new episode in 2014. Bring back Dota Today in 2014. <sighs> I have uh Brad Muir has said he will sit in nice and bring the bring it back with me. That's awesome. So I think we're gonna do it. We have this wonderful office that is seven steps from my desk. <clears throat> I have and no not excuse. far from Brad's. And not far from I mean, Brad's. more than seven steps, but not too far. Yeah. Although people from Double Fine aren't allowed to enter this building. Except for you, Chris. <laughs> You're fine. See, I put you on the spot about Dota today like a good friend on this podcast. You forced me to resolve. I did. Yeah. Um, I might write about video games more. I, I resolved to possibly write about, about video that games too. more. Yeah. Writing up the Daisy experience, which was, you know, I don't know, a thousand words or something, was really great. And then um, we're going to be launching our, our uh, Godi.cx mm-hmm. this week. Yes. So look out for that, updated for 2013. 
in writing out You can my, find it at goatee.cx. Yes, HTTP yeah. colon slash slash G-O-T-Y dot C-X. There's similar domains that you should not visit. They but don't exist. as we always say, in the season of giving and receiving, there's no better website than goatee.cx. That's true, Jake. Yep. Cheers. But uh, writing up the my my, uh, my goatee picks uh, made me feel really good about writing about, about games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did more of that over the break, too. It was good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Chris, it's your day. It Christopher Scouten Remo. Yep. Lord Christopher Scouten Remo. <laughs> Why? You became a lord in 2013. I know. How are you going to top that in 2014? Up. Well, I'm going to start <laughs> underwhelmingly by, by cribbing yours. I think that's a pretty good resolution that you just made is to try and You're write. going to bring back Dota today. <laughs> I'm going to bring Potato Day into the world. <laughs> I'd be down for Potato Day. Yeah, Jake and I might, Jake and I might bootstrap Potato Day, uh, the podcast. Um, I don't know if that's resolution worth. I had an amazing change one letter for tone control, and I've lost it. I'm never gonna. It's never gonna come back. Oh really? Oh, Potato Day is unstoppable. Yeah, Potato Day is the best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, that's not worthy of a resolution, but um, but I do like the idea of piggybacking on your resolution to try and write more because I, um, I've only written one goatee. I, you you can guess what it is, uh, but writing it was was quite an. Ex- it is the board game. Guess who? <laughs> God, I watched Clue last night. It's fucking for the good. first time in a while. Because you, Steve, posted about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we threw a fucking Clue themed party. Yeah, yeah. I know, but I did. That didn't make me think of the movie. That made me think of the movie. <laughs> Jake and I spent hundreds of dollars to outfit our old apartment. Yeah, but you had the map, and it looked like the game to me. It didn't look oh, like okay. the movie. There was music from the movie playing in there. Anyway, was, yeah, perceive that. Shaboom! No, the party. Your party was great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um. 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 um <laughs> what was I going to say? Right. New Year's so, resolution: require less praise for Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I, I think it would be fun to write to write more again. Yeah. It's been a long time since I since I wrote very much. I used to more often. It was fun. Um. Some would say professionally. Yeah, it's different. But um, uh, my other resolution, crowd pleaser or Sean pleaser, uh, Sean, you'll be pleased to know my resolution is to please me, <laughs> is to please you every day. It's really nice. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm liking no, all this. I resolve by to, streaming Spelunky every day straight to Sean. I resolve to not break my daily Spelunky <laughs> for 365. No, Jesus. I actually have like a me. not resolution. I have like a like half resolution to break that streak this year, um, but I don't think I'm going to need to resolve because it will happen on its own probably. But no, my actual resolution is to get back to playing more video games that are not that are not Spelunky. That um, sounds great, Chris. Yeah. If you need help with that, you let us know. I will do that. I will almost certainly do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We can put a console here in the office. That would be a good idea. Yeah. It's a good idea. All right. Man, I feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy 2014. It's going to be a good one. <clears throat> I think so. And uh, thank you so much for listening, readers. Thank you for listening. Oh, it's also worth pointing out. <laughs> I got nothing. Oh, no. I was going to say it's weird that we're still in the year of Luigi. I don't think I approve of that. Or the 2014 is also the year. Yeah, it's garbage. Mm. Wait, what are you saying? He doesn't like the year of Luigi. Nintendo continues. just said the year of Luigi is just going to keep oh, going. Oh, yeah, no, that's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah, Fuck yeah. that. Fuck that. Luigi. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. What episode number is this? 139. 139. 139, the year of Luigi. I resolve to record a new Idle Thumbs theme for episode 150. Ooh. The cheap resolution. That's a cheap one because every but, um, 50th episode has had <laughs> yeah, a new but it's theme. it's never been declared before. That's, oh, that's been true. coincidental. That has not really been on purpose. I thought we did a new one for episode 100 deliberately. Oh, but that was the one that was recorded for the album. It was already, already had recorded, it. yeah. Now everyone knows our dirt. I thought 
it seemed like a really cool, like, episode, deliberate choice. No, episode 150 will have the first resolved, deliberate, new 50-episode uh, All right, because 51 was the Out of Thumbs podcast when it was you, me, and right. Steve. Yeah. Wow, weird. It's been totally, totally coincidental. Think about how awesome the theme for episode 200 is going to be, though. It's going to be nuts. Is that going to... It's going to be written by a robot that will be wearing those. That's, that's 2015. That'll be the following year, yeah. That'll be in the year of the PS3. 2015. So we're probably going to use a PS3, like a cell <laughs> processor will generate the right. theme yeah, yeah, yeah. in 2015. But that's, that's next year, readers. All right. All right. Well, thanks for sticking around with us for another year. Happy New Year, readers. Happy New Year. All the best in 2014. If you have questions, write us at questions at outofthumbs.net. Tell yourself. Spelunky are not said during the resolution phase of the period of this podcast, I quit Idle Thumbs.